Welcome to Hablamos, Conversations on Teaching, Learning and Biomultilingualism, the podcast of the ICME EE project at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. As is mentioned in the name, the main goal of this podcast is to embrace multilingualism. So we are going to have conversation around this topic in the classroom and how teachers can support by a multilingual development. I'm Araceli Lobato and I will be your host. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode. It's been a long time since we didn't have an episode. ICME has been very busy and I'm being very <laughs> busy. So we are glad that we are gonna have new episode this month. So today we have actually two members of our admin team. Um, welcome to our podcast. Hi, my name is Brandon. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. Mm -hmm. And we also have here Molly. Molly Williams. It's nice to meet you. Nice yeah. to meet you. Nice to see you. I, we see each other we all the time. <laughs> but virtually, it's nice to meet the rest that's of you. That's right. That's yeah, right. Virtually listening. Um, so there are two of our members of our admin team, and Brandon has been with us for already two uh, Coming up on two, two years. years now, yeah. And Molly, it's one of our newest ones? Yes, I'm fairly new. I've only been here for about four months or so. But she seems like she has been here forever. Oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> She's been right, in, right into the team. Yeah. Um, so as always, I ask the um, interviewers if they could introduce themselves so the listeners can know you a little bit. So would you, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Brandon Hines. Um, I'm a doctoral student here at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Uh, my focus is on instructional technologies um, and how those apply into the classroom, the theories behind it, the applications of those. So that ranges from anything from very simplistic technologies, uh, kind of like the pencil, all the way up to AI, deep mind scanning, uh, large data crunching, and just all of the things that uh, that could be accomplished with that. I teach here. I I've uh, taught a course here, uh, two Teaching 259, which is in a or technology, teaching technology in the classroom. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's about it. That's Brandon in a nutshell. That's huh? me in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. Would you like me to talk about myself? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All please. Right. All right. Well, I'm Molly Williams, and I am also a doctoral student here at UNL. Um, uh, I do that part-time um, and also am a full-time instructional coach at a local school district in Nebraska. Um, and uh, I also do some adjunct work, um, most recently for UNL with the Indigenous Roots Program. Um, and so now my newest project is with ICMEE. And um, some of my area of focus is really on taking um, taking theory and turning it into practice and seeing how it can be um, acted out and interpreted uh, for multilingual learners in the classroom. Um, and one of my biggest pushes is, for myself, I am monolingual. Um, mm -hmm. I learned Spanish in high school and I took a couple semesters in college, um, but never got to a point where I was able to have any type of fluent discourse. Um, I can still pick up keywords, um, which has been an asset in terms of 
working with students in the classroom, talking with parents, because I can, I understand more than I can speak. Mm -hmm. Um, However, that has also been a big insecurity of mine, being in the field of multilingualism um, and with a focus on English language learners. And so one of my biggest pushes has been to learn more about multilingualism, work more towards an asset-based approach, uh, multilingual approach, and also learn how to be a monolingual teacher in multilingual settings. Because just because I myself am not monolingual or multilingual doesn't mean that I can't think in a multilingual way and help to harness um, the abilities of our students in a positive way. So that's what has brought me to ICMEE. And I think that it's an interesting point of view because many a teacher are afraid of applying some um, classroom techniques like uh, translanguaging because they feel that if they are not bilingual to multilingual, they cannot do it. So I think that it's very interesting that you are providing this uh, point of view of being monolingual in a project that we focus on multilingualism. Um, So I really like that you mentioned that. So you mentioned what uh, ICME uh, brought you, um, but Brandon, uh, why are you here? Um, so I have an interesting connection here. I'm kind of the odd duck on the ICME <laughs> project. I really don't deal with multilingualism very much in my studies at, at all. Um, I focus way more on technology side. Um, I ended up getting out of the um, Way back in the day, I got my first bachelor's degree, or I got my bachelor's degree in English Lit, and then after that, I worked in the private tech industry for probably about seven to nine years. It all kind of blurs together <laughs> at this point. Um, and I decided to make a hard career shift about four to five years ago, and I decided to go into teaching, and I wanted to teach English. And so I started at CU Denver. I started a master's um, licensure slash licensure program. And uh, Kara was my (laughs) very first grad school professor. Um, And yeah, eventually she kind of encouraged me to apply to doctoral programs. And she also encouraged me to apply here. And, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, so I kind of followed uh, Kara from CU Denver over to UNL. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. So you see, different way to to come to this program. And how do you heard about ICME? I'm curious about that. Um, I think it was word of mouth. Uh, it started with, I, I work with a team of um, individuals who, you know, we go to different things like Mid-TESOL and places like that. And I actually think um, there was a conversation with Kara at some point in time where it was like, hey, we have this, you know, consortium, ICME, you should check it out. And <laughs> so it was just literally like word of mouth because that individual came back and talked about it. And then we all got on and looked and um, some some of us like worked on some of the um, some of the um, e workshops, mm-hmm. and then just with my doctoral program, I started to work with other people on the admin team, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it just created a lens for all <laughs> things ICMEE. And once I heard that there were some um, openings, Opening. I was like, this just seems like right up my alley, and you know. I hope that I can contribute as much to it as I'm gaining from it because there's just so much that's there that's just kind of feeding my soul right now and helping me with my own studies. So I'm pretty sure that it's a two way of gaining for sure, <laughs> like 100 um, percent. So I would like to let the listener to know you about where your roles in ICME. So you said that um, your role here, it's like kind of. Uh, transforming practice the theory to practice so can you explain and develop a little bit more about that 
Um, well, I'm trying to learn more about that. So I can talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what my hope is, what my goal okay, is. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of, like, I think that right now in education, there's a little bit of a disconnect between um, theory and education, mm-hmm. the why in education, and then how it's actually interpreted in the classroom. And so part of my goal is in working with you know, programs and reading literature and things like that. And I see me as a great playground for that in some ways to learn more about the theory, but also to take it that next step and learn more about how teachers are interacting with the theory, interacting with the recommendations for the strategies um, and making sense of it to kind of create their own lens for how to implement it in their classrooms. Um, And so right now, a lot of my work is with e-workshops and, you know, I'm learning a lot about what's in the e-workshops, the content, um, and um, I haven't been on the other side of like learning about what, you know, I haven't been able to, I haven't facilitated any of them real life with teachers yet. Um, however, that's something I'm very interested in doing at some point is just hearing more about feedback from teachers um, and hearing how them being autonomous in this learning, mm-hmm. giving them some capital in their learning, um, giving them the control in their learning, how that's going to steer the classroom practices through that language acquisition lens. Um, and so that's a that's a long-term goal for me. Um, but first, I have to do a lot of learning on, you know, the content <laughs> and how that might be interpreted in the classrooms. But that's a really big goal of mine because I think right now there's so much um, that happens in the classroom that's just based on hunches or feelings or sometimes the unintentional, you know, assumptions that we bring with us. And we don't know what we don't know. And so just being part of a community where – you know, school systems, you know, teachers, um, communities are seeking out information, acknowledging that we don't know what we don't know and we want to learn more so that we can, you know, make stronger connections for students. Um, I think that that's really a, an empowering, exciting um, way to interpret education mm-hmm. and learning communities. So that's kind of where my work is residing and right I now. I feel that one of the best thing about our e-workshops is like it's a community learning, like teachers learn from each other. It's mm-hmm. not like we are teach them teach them uh, like explicitly or we are telling them what they need to te- uh, to learn, but they're using the content that we have in the e-workshop and they are applying it in their classrooms and then they share their own perspectives, um, perspectives, and opinion and results with the, with our own students. So, and the whole thing feels very asset based. Mm-hmm. Like acknowledging that the teachers are coming with assets that they can build on, and helping teachers to see the assets that students have. And not only that, but how to build on them. Because I do believe that teachers see assets in Mm -hmm. students. Sometimes I don't know if we all know how to harness those assets and use those to um, strengthen learning. Um, And so that's, I think, a really big piece of ICMEE Mm -hmm. um, is helping teachers to identify and then learn how to grow that in themselves as a teacher and then in their students as learners. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Um, Brandon, <laughs> would you like to talk about your main role here? Um, so, yeah, my main role, and Molly said everything much more eloquently than I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm kind of the guy that you yell at when the when nothing works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we 
phenotypal guy. So I work um, more on the technical side of things. Um, we've set up a database which houses, stores, and kind of enables users to get easy or to easily access and use the online mm -hmm. workshops. We also use that to collect data on the workshops, and we use that to study the effectiveness. Um, of all of the workshops, who's and just kind of to organize it and to really look forward and just like forward thinking on like what types of research we want to do. And that dovetails in with my actual focus here a lot in the uh, doctoral program where mm -hmm. I'm searching, I'm looking more of in, Molly had mentioned a disconnect between what did you say? Oh, was it theory and practice? Yeah, mm -hmm. a dis disconnect between theory and practice. And I think that exists for instructional technology as well. Education, I've, in, you know, from what I've understood, really has really grasped onto whatever is newest and shiniest and been like, this, this is the revolution for education. And <laughs> they jump wholeheartedly into that pool. And with very little thought often given to the why or the how we're going mm -hmm. to implement and use this technology. So I find the the analysis and the research that we do on ICME of like how how effective are these e-workshops? How is this distance learning actually working? How are we implementing this to ensure that the you know our participants and the teachers one and the same, are actually getting something out of this. And I think one of the big things that Molly and you had hinted on was really the contextualization. Like, mm. what what really, I think, shines in these e-workshops is it is entirely geared towards how the teach, you know, it's their context. It's geared towards what do things look like in their situation, in their school, in their classrooms, mm -hmm. rather than providing them kind of some super specific here's how you do a type of explanation, which mm -hmm. really may or may not fit with them. Yep. And so the flexibility in there is something which really interests me. So I help set up new groups here. I help set up new surveys here. I kind of maintain all mm -hmm. of that data. Um, we've done some AI um, kind of a data analysis that we've downloaded kind of the information that we've had and we've written some algorithms to have Yes, IBM Watson's uh, mm -hmm. computer. They do like cloud computer, cloud like AI time. And so we've bought some space on there. Well, technically by time. And yeah, we've kind of done some like um, uh, language analysis, linguistic analysis mm -hmm. on that. And yeah, other than that, I kind of do kind of whatever really <laughs> know, pops know, up. <laughs> like That's like my main role. I've done a whole lot of other things mm -hmm. on the project. I'm always looking for new things to jump into and really anything with technology I'm all about. And I feel that you are not the guy that people yell at it. Like, you're, I was you're, just going to say, yeah. we're usually like, can you help explain this to yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. and well, <laughs> your role is very important. You just said it. You are the one who give access to this feature to be able to get our content so if you weren't here it will be very complicated right. for teachers to do that. it's nice it's nice to hold the keys mm. <laughs> people have to be nice to me um and yeah that's one of the uh, reasons that i really enjoy coming back into you know academics rather than the private sector where like the mm -hmm. attitude is really different i feel in like how we conduct business here it's very focused on what can we do to make this grant like best utilize this grant that we're working on how and that dovetails in with like how can we make this effective for our teachers which is something that i really care for where in the private industry there's always kind of that specter of like 
yeah, maybe we want to do these things, but it's really serving another purpose of, you know, we're looking for profit, mm -hmm. like kind of first and foremost. And so, yeah, the attitudes here are really different. I enjoy working here a lot. Mm -hmm. And we enjoy I having agree. you. Thanks. I agree with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for this conversation. Would you like to add something else or would you like to talk about something that we didn't touch? <laughs> something that we haven't touched. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we're really kind of, I'm really super excited now with kind of where we're forward thinking with the project, where we're kind of looking to delivering content on a much larger scale and a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not appropriate to say, but, you know, we're deliver we're looking to deliver nationally as well yep. as, like, on the state mm -hmm. level with Nebraska. And, like, I'm really interested in those super specific contexts that we're looking to deliver mm -hmm. into because we're looking to do with Native Indigenous groups here in Nebraska as well as just kind of the traditional state, like, education system. And that's rural and city. And so, like, there's a whole wide world of possibilities of what mm -hmm. we can do with that. And that's going to be solely on our own. And so we really have a lot of control there. And that comes with a lot of uh, interesting possibilities. Mm -hmm. I don't, for me, again, I'm kind of being selfish in this interview talking about <laughs> how it's, it's benefiting me and what I hope to get out of the project. Um, I think it's redefining in my head what cultural and linguistic um, relevant teaching is because we're part of such a diverse group of people mm -hmm. um, with so many different schooling backgrounds, um, so many different just life experiences, um, and we're all interacting and we're working with each other in different projects and in different ways. And I have already learned so much from one another and it is shaping the way that I'm, I'm looking at things now and it's teaching me how to ask questions and to inquire and to be reflective. And I just think if that's happening for me, it's exciting to think about how that can be infused in, you know, things moving forward and how we as a team work together to kind of help to model that cultural, you know, um, and linguistic relevant teaching um, beyond the confines of just, you know, our our office areas that we work mm -hmm. in. And so that's just an additional piece that I think is is um, is something that's very exciting. It's very funny because this podcast, like the goal, it's always to inform teachers about new things or the word of uh, professor related uh, about bilingualism, multilingualism, what they think that teachers should know. But actually, this conversation has turned about how great it is to be in SME. <laughs> 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 so apologizing about that. <laughs> um, but actually, it's true. Like, I feel that everybody feels very comfortable working in this team and I'm gonna miss it when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> well you're but, gonna be missed when you leave but yeah, you've gone on to absolutely. You're, you're living the dream you're you yep <laughs> does the audience know what you're going on to nope oh. no, 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 I know about that so maybe soon um but yeah like actually this podcast is usually uh for the listener to know about um where are the the things that are coming or where we working at, um, with multilingualism. Um, but we can turn it in a different way and I'm really happy that you share about your work and so people like people also know what are we doing here because like mm -hmm. I feel that it's important too. So anything else that you would like to add? 
Well, I can definitely throw in a multilingualism aspect to what <laughs> I do. So in uh, my course, um, we look at how instructional technologies can and should be used mm-hmm. in the classroom. And I've, I have a lot of multilingual students in my own class, and mm-hmm. I often find their work really interesting because they come at it from that perspective. They have an entirely different set of mm-hmm views and lived experiences that my more traditional students may not and so they really kind of focus on like those aspects of technology that are like open up accessibility for their their students Mm -hmm. i they think about more of like that accessibility and usability factor i think more than the traditional where the traditional is more like this is awesome let me like do cool things with it Uh where my multilingual students are like I can kind of see how this would have helped me in my own experience. And I really want to do this to like help out my future students that may be, you know, you know, English learners or multilingual. And like, they really like have an interesting perspective about like how the technology really can benefit them in their own instances. Mm -hmm. So, Well, and those are things that I wonder about then thinking about putting it into practice Mm -hmm. in like all learning settings, but like, how can we, um, learn from those types of experiences and then help teachers to utilize technology in that way because more and more you see students on one-to-one you know one-to-one with devices and things mm-hmm. but I don't always know if we know how to utilize that right um, to or even help if we should. student right and that you know when we talk about being monolingual teachers in multilingual settings um, it seems to me like that would be one avenue to exercise that in the classroom is helping multilingual learners through you know, technology in a real intentional way. Yeah, like, I really view, um, I think one of the most important things about instructional technology is maybe it's not, maybe it's not revolutionary. Maybe we don't have holograms teaching something in the classroom, (laughs) right? That would be cool, right? But, like, maybe it's something of, like, this technology allows me to access this information in a way that I previously didn't have mm-hmm. or wasn't able to. And often that provides, and it's not just multilingual, it's disability, yeah. it's different learnings, it's all it's all across the board of like, I see that access and that presentation, that multimodal like presentation and access to mm-hmm. information as vital and like one of the most important parts of instructional technology. Yeah, yeah and I feel that that's one of the benefits of being uh, bilingual, multilingual, is that you can, since you don't see the world with just one lens, mm-hmm. right? You know, right? You need to adapt yourself and to have different perspectives. So I feel. That's the way we are promoting bilingualism because it's something that yeah, <laughs> is absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I can see uh, why you're like the difference between your students because of that, because of the perspective that it brings you being bilingual and multilingual. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your participation. And it's been a pleasure. <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to work with you both. Um, even though you, as I said, Molly just got here, but it feels like she has been here from the very beginning. Feels like ages. Oh. We're not calling you old, no? Oh, my God, I'm saying I didn't like even that. go there, thanks. Okay. Now I feel old. No, 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 no. I just want to make clear that. So thank you so much for being here, and yeah, thank you. have a great day. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Gracias.